You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Hi, this is Tony Collins, and welcome to the Legal Connection Show. Uh, we're here today uh, with uh, uh, Shiva Gill, who's my special guest, who uh, specializes in immigration law. Uh, Cheryl will be joining us shortly. Uh, the Legal Connection Show can be heard on FM 104.5 and FM 106.1 uh, on your uh, radio. We're also on IRLoneStar.com on the Internet. You can also Facebook us with questions. We Our Facebook account is uh, uh, the Legal Connection Show uh, .com, uh, actually is our Legal Connection uh, site for Facebook. So you can uh, visit us. We have a podcast. We're also on the, the local TV show. I don't know when that airs. But at any rate, today our special guest is uh, uh, Shiva Gill. She is an immigration attorney, and she's going to tell us a little bit about um, herself, and we're going to answer all of the questions that we have about uh, immigration law that's been really in the news quite a bit lately, uh, and it's sort of that that no man's <laughs> land that if you don't do immigration law, you, 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 you don't know enough about, and we're going to clear up all those things that you, those need-to-know things. Okay, Shiva, tell us about yourself. Um, thank you, Tony. Um, I, first, I want to apologize. I'm getting over the flu that <laughs> was going around, so I have a cough that I don't seem to be able to shake off. Um, before I tell you a little bit about myself, um, I want to explain that immigration law has two sides. Uh, there are people who are outside the United States wanting to come in, and then there are people who are already here that for some reason or another, are being are facing deportation and they have to leave the United States. So that's the area of law that I specialize in. I specialize in deportation defense, where um, people can face um, expulsion from this country for reasons of crime or visa violations or you know numerous other reasons. So. Um, I am a licensed attorney. Uh, 75% of our clients are Spanish speakers. And it's always really humbling to me because I don't speak good Spanish. My Spanish is actually very bad. That is so interesting. <laughs> How do you uh, sur survive in a, in a profession in this area of the country and not speak Spanish to be able to communicate with them? Be you have an interpreter or... Well, yes, everybody in my office, we have three legal assistants and uh, one other half an attorney. She works for me half a day. They're all perfectly bilingual. Half an attorney. And, you know, when you ask me about how I survive, uh, a lot of my business comes from when somebody's apprehended by the county. Right. Uh, for any reason. It could be... Or the state, actually, right? It could be the state. Uh -huh. It could be the... Most Is it the county constables <laughs> or the deputies or uh, somebody's coming after them because they have the warrant or because somebody has sent... Uh, uh, an individual has sent them or both? Well, it could be as something as simple as a routine traffic stop. 
You okay. Know, your broken uh, taillight is broken. You were changing lanes without signaling. You have an expired registration. Well, that's registration. surprising to me because I didn't think that um, in a sanctuary city and, you know, Harris County and Houston are. That... Really not. Oh, really? That's interesting. I mean, it's, it's not a sanctuary city. <clears throat> so when you get pulled over by a cop and he says, may I see your driver's license, please? Mm-hmm. And if you fail to produce it, mm-hmm. that is failure to ID. Right. And but or if you produce an expired driver's license or a matricula or some other form mm-hmm. of identification and the cop runs it through and realizes that you're here without documentation, he will take you in. Is that right? And in Harris County, they have ICE officers in the county jail. Now, I know that because I uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but my clients have told me that particularly the ones that are like the DACA type, dreamer, people that speak English and have been here all their lives, um, they can get around that ice hold, even if there's the, the ice um, deputy or the professionals that are there to apprehend them as they're leaving the jail because there's an ice hold. They said you can get around them about 10% of the time by just sort of acting casual and calm and walking out with the rest of the group that's being released for whatever reason they've been released from jail. Is that true or... Um, to be honest, <clears throat> the only time I've heard of people kind of getting out of there most of the time. When they have an ice hold. When they have an, uh, so yeah, if you have an ice hold, Harris County cannot release you. Right. So even if you post a bond, uh-huh. then Harris County has to let you go. Right. So if you are a citizen or a lawful permanent resident, mm-hmm. <clears throat> or even if you have DACA, but you don't have a deportable crime. Right. So in other words... You know, having an ex- so a person who has DACA will mm-hmm. most likely have a valid driver license, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so which means they're not going to be held, they're going to be released, right? Which is another kind of weird thing. How does a DACA uh, person, which what does DACA stand for? So, DACA stands for Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. Okay, how would they get a driver's license if, if they were not born here and not citizens? And, the driver license program is only connected to somebody who has lawful status. Uh-huh. So you you can be a, here on a student visa. Oh, I get a driver's license. And you license. can get a driver's license. Okay. If you are, uh, you know, if you have DACA, uh-huh. that means that somebody has authorized you to stay. Okay. So DACA is deferred action, which uh-huh. means someday we're going to deport you, uh-huh. but we're going to defer it. Right. So that's deferred action. Okay, but, and I want to go back real quick because this is something that I get asked all the time. Um, what uh, are the, uh, I guess, prerequisites or qualifications to be a DACA recipient? Okay, so right now you can only renew DACA. You mm-hmm. cannot file a new application. Really? Because of all, you know, when President Trump canceled the DACA program. Okay. Uh, he canceled it completely for everyone. Okay. And there was a lot of litigation on this subject, mm-hmm. at which point the sort of the decision as it stands now is that for the dreamers, as they're called, if you already have DACA status, mm-hmm. you can continue to renew it. Okay. But in terms of filing for new DACA status, it has been it has been. Missed. And when did DACA come about? Was that with Reagan or before that? No, it was President Obama. 
who started a DACA oh, program. Oh, thank you, thank you. Okay, that's right. And the requirements at that time were, I think he started it, I want to say in 2010. Mm-hmm. And the requirements were you had to have entered when you were under 16. Mm-hmm. You had to be under 31. So you were, you had to be 30. Right, okay. Uh, There's on, that age group in there because it shows that we, you probably came after the amnesty for Reagan in 86. Oh, yeah. There was another amnesty after Reagan. Okay. So Reagan's oh. amnesty was in the 80s. Yeah. Before, I want to say. Yeah, wasn't 86. And then Clinton amnesty came in 96. Oh, okay. Man, all the stuff I didn't know. Okay. Right. So anyway, but the age, you had to be so under 16. You had to 16. be under 16. You had to be uh, under, you had to be 30 or under. 30 or under. Okay. 30 or under. Okay. You had to either be in school or have a high school diploma. Okay. And you had to have good moral character. Okay, got it. So good moral. So now nowadays, the people who are losing DACA, mm-hmm. so they're unable to renew it because they have committed a infraction which violates the good moral. Do they character. have to renew it every year, or how does that work? Uh, it uh, can be renewed every two years now. Is it like a little card or something like? It looks exactly like a, uh, it's called, it's an employment authorization document. Oh, okay. So it's a work permit, but has your picture okay. and your alien number and your date of birth. And but, is that something that their parents would go to you to help them get, or could they apply for it on their own at that time? Or um, Both. So if okay. they were under 18, they would come in with a parent. Mm-hmm. So they were still in high school. They But now, you know, the ones that come... So the day DACA went into effect, Uh we had something like 300 people that showed up at our door. Okay. And we had to just say, go wait on the street because we didn't even have... I remember when DACA came about, a lot of my clients were... They kept saying, we're dreamers. And I'm like, like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but I'm a dreamer too. But I didn't know... I didn't know what they were talking about, except for I knew that somehow they would would have a, a means of staying here. Yeah, so the dream, the word dream actually is an acronym for something. Uh-huh. The, I couldn't tell you what right, it is right, at right, this right. moment uh-huh. in time. So in the beginning, the, the DREAM Act, as it was introduced, uh-huh. was meant to give these people full legal status. Okay. But it never, you know. I remember it, it, uh, it, there was a fight in Congress over it, and all of my, ooh, I would, all, many, because all my clients weren't, you know, DACA or, or Spanish, but. The ones that were, were like, let's please, let's make sure this administration stays. And they were just panicking over it. And, you know, we, yeah. uh, because we work together to the extent that um, we share some clients, you, we, you under, yeah. and you will give me some that I've got to make sure they've got a clean record, which we're going to get to in a minute. Yeah. Um, I didn't understand really why it was that important, except for always a challenge. And yeah. I knew that I could keep your, the clients that you needed. I, there was and, no doubt in my and mind. You did <laughs> with enough work and you know prayer. These I was going to make sure they had a clean record. Well, and you know, Tony, you saw the clients we shared. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could be your kids, they could be my kids, yes. they could be the kids next door. So sweet. And, uh-huh. You know, some, for example, if you these days, if you pick up a DWI, mm-hmm. it's almost the equivalent of taking a gun and shooting someone. Yes. That's how serious yes. the DWI yes. is. Yes, I, I, I know because I've watched my friends. They're your friends, most of your clients because you get to know them really well. Yeah. Uh, and you have, you've always given me such great clients. They're just, they really are just kids that are very, very sweet. They're usually in between 
16 and maybe 25, and they get in some trouble, like most kids that age yeah. kind of do. Well, not most, but many, and but very innocent. <laughs> and it's their, it's their life. If they get, this is not, if we don't get their cases dismissed, their life is going to be completely upside down because they don't have relatives in the other country that they well, may be deported to. They're going to end up in a country which they've never visited or seen since they were infants. Or Yeah, that's and, their fear and, is we don't even speak that language. And that's one reason I send, the people I send to you are the mm-hmm. ones that I also really care about. Yeah. And, I and want they're them so to sweet. Yeah. And I will say that uh, I've kept in touch with some of them and they have worked their way legally to becoming citizens maybe through your help or whatever the process is, which we'll get into. But I have some clients that have picked up DWIs after the fact, and they are picked up, and it, and they, they, want to, they want to just get it over with because they really were drunk. It's like almost like we're Russian or whatever, but they're not Russian. They're Hispanic. And it's okay to drink and drive because we do that in our country. And it's like you cannot do that here. And instead of doing what I tell them to do, which is fight this to the dog, you know, we don't want to say we're just going to do the deferred. They do the deferred, and... They get deported, and the next thing I, I'm hearing from them, they're calling me from ICE at that 866 number, whatever the number is, saying, uh, you know, uh, what are you going to do to help me? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, why did you plea? You, uh, I could just strangle them, and they get deported. Some of them have gotten back, which is crazy expensive, and some of them just fought, figured out how to learn the language and stay there, found a relative. Well, an illegal reentry, so, you know, Thank you for bringing up the subject that some of them have made it back. Mm-hmm. So the law allows one illegal entry. Oh, is that right? So if you have one illegal entry, there are ways to bring you back. I didn't know waivers that. And is that through DACA or is that all different? Um, it's very fact specific. So, you know, if you have a parent who's a citizen or a resident that wants to sponsor you or you happen to have a fiancé who says, Dear, I really miss you. Let's get married. Bring you back. Mm-hmm. There are things that can be done, but an illegal reentry mm-hmm. is a permanent bar to gaining legal status. Okay, but you're saying you can get one. How is that so, different? So, so the law allows. So when they came, Ill- they were brought illegally uh-huh. as children. Right, right. Uh-huh. The law will allow you to ask for forgiveness. Right. Okay. But. Because you're a baby, kind of like God. No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, Even as I'm an thinking adult. from a biblical standpoint. <laughs> Even if you, if let's say you came when you were 20 years old. Okay. And then you got deported. Uh-huh. And then you came back illegally. So those are the people, when you when you say people call you up and say, oh, I pleaded, and you say, what do you want me to do now? You pleaded. What can I, how can I help you? Uh-huh. It's the same with me. When they come to me and say, you know, Mishiva, I was deported five years ago, and now I'm back. Uh-huh. And I go, what do you want me to do now? Because there's, there's nothing. So let's do. go back because it's so important to follow that yeah. line of reasoning because we have so many clients with this situation. And then I, I, and, and a part of the show, and I, wanna, I think in our next segment, I want to talk about the people that are here that have sort of duped citizens uh, into marrying them. And I know I've done some annulments to some clients that you gave me too, <coughs> um, into marrying them to become citizens through whatever process that is. And it was fraud, and now that citizen's mad because they were taken advantage of. Hey, can you get rid of that deadbeat that did that to you? Yeah. And so I want to, we want to talk about that. But I want to go back to, um, so we've got a, a dreamer. Um, we've got a dreamer that, that's here. Right. They came over with their parents that wasn't born on the soil or whatever, which we know that makes people yeah. a citizen. Um, uh, they, they're here. 
and they've they've applied for the DACA, and now they have gotten in a little trouble. Let's just say, let's just use the example of a 17-year-old that uh, got stopped because they weren't doing anything wrong, but their friends that they were with, bad influences, had ecstasy, which is not uncommon. And they were arrested for possession of ecstasy because, you know, you're complicit if it's there in the car with you and whatever. Right. Uh, now, let's just say uh, that in this scenario um, that this this kid who's still in high school wants to do a plea. Is that something that would be, uh, what, would, what, what, what are their options? Tell us about that. Okay, so, you know, the war on drugs is basically you plead guilty um, to possession of a controlled substance. Even if it's something as simple as hydrocodone? And it's oh, not, yeah. And it's, it's not your, and it's just one pill, but it's not your... The quantity doesn't matter at all. If it's, on a, it's a listed, you know, drug. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, the only exception, the only exception to this rule is if the what you possessed was marijuana. Mm-hmm. And the quantity was less than 30 grams. Uh-huh. Now, that's important because Texas says zero to two ounces. Okay. But two ounces is 60 grams. Okay. So you have to establish that. Please weigh the marijuana, establish that it's okay. less than 30 grams. Okay. And it's one simple possession. So if you, you know, pick up one simple possession uh-huh. of less than 30 grams of marijuana, uh-huh. and you have a way to legalize your status, mm-hmm. you know, if you have a parent or a spouse or something, mm-hmm. that can be waived. Okay, but let me, uh, let me just, and this is me kind of getting into detail because I have so many clients that fall in this category. Um, two different scenarios. Um, a kid's got uh, a small, uh, he's got over the two ounces mm-hmm. a pot on him. <clears throat> and um, he's got over the, 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 the 2% and it's just in his car with him. Is that something that, oh, if he does a deferred, uh, if, no, I'm sorry. If he does, right now in Houston, that was, what I was, that was the direction I was going. In Harris County and in Montgomery County, that if you've got uh, two ounces or under, and I think that may be the same mark for federal, you can do a pretrial intervention. So that's in the files that you've pled guilty to it, but it doesn't actually come out on your record. Is that the kind of thing? Or let's say it was over that with a pretrial intervention. You have over that amount, but they still let you do it. Is that something that's going to hurt you because it's in the record? That will still hurt you so or not? If you if you take pretrial diversion, mm-hmm. it can only be with no finding of guilt. So you know. Okay, and they won't let you do that because you have to admit right, to it before exactly. you can do it. Okay. So that if you know, so in immigration law, for purposes of a controlled substance, you don't even need a conviction. So if you come to court and mm-hmm. say, "Yeah, I was doing marijuana." That's it. End of story. If you admit it, but they dismiss it because you've been honest, you're still, in a, from a federal standpoint, in trouble. I mean, if someone comes to me and they don't have a conviction, I, I encourage them to not bring anything up. Okay. Well, you know, it's like your right to remain silent. But it don't, doesn't, the, doesn't the, the federal government in the court situations that you go into, don't they go in, if they see that there was an arrest, don't they look at the record to see if there was an arrest and then actually look at the files because those files will be evident. If they pled, it's gonna the prosecutor's gonna keep it. Right. So that so that's the difference between getting it dismissed and pleading. Mm-hmm. Because okay. if it's dismissed, they cannot go behind the record of the dismissal. So if you got something dismissed, the prosecutor cannot come back and okay. say, Oh, he had it, it was in his pocket, 
Yes, yeah, but in a pretrial intervention, you have to fill out paperwork that goes with the prosecutor. So a, pre, a pretrial intervention for immigration purposes is not a dismissal. That's a right. criminal process. So it's the same thing. So it's, yes. it's kind of a, a cloaked guilty because somewhere in that file, you have, you have sworn or you have asserted yeah. that, averred that, that you were guilty. And that can show up, and that's going to be as good as a guilty for federal purposes. Right. Okay. So now Calif- the state of California has pretrial intervention with no finding of guilt. Oh, okay, okay. So that's different. Can, okay. Say so no if you're going to smoke or- your pot, or probably in Colorado too, because it's not guilty there, you're not going to be right, pulled over right. for it. But in Texas, I know you're forced to prove Okay. Okay. And then um, the other scenario is if um, one is the pretrial intervention, um, I guess for that purpose, that was the, I'll think of it in a minute, the other, the other uh, prong to that, but that will that'll still get you in trouble. Okay, so you've got um, somebody who uh, has come to you, and they're a DACA. I'm still gonna, we're still sticking with DACA right okay, now. Okay. And um, they've got a, a, let's say, oh, they had, that was the other prong to it. They, they got pulled over for a DWI, but they weren't drinking. It's a minor, okay? They got pulled, and this is a real case scenario. I think we may have talked about this years ago. Got pulled over for DWI, weren't drinking, but their blood was taken because they said, go ahead and take my blood. They were just being dumb. Yeah, if you want it, go ahead and take it. And their blood shows that they had marijuana in their system. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have possession of it, but it shows that they had a, a trace of it in their system because it shows up for 30 days in a, in a blood test. Um, would that be, if they were convicted or they did a pretrial intervention because they had marijuana in their system, which of course they weren't impaired if they just had a little bit of marijuana in the system, but would that be something that would prevent them from, would also be a mar if they had to do a pretrial intervention because it wasn't possession, but it was in their system. Yeah, I would think not. What would be the charge? Would it be DUI? I mean, if they have, if they're not yes, impaired. Because, well, no, you it, it, a, a, a minor under 21. Uh, can't have any detection of alcohol or drugs in their system if they are pulled over. That's that's the way the DWI laws work with minors. But then minors. it would be a DUI conviction. Yeah, but it, they call it DWI because I don't know why. Okay. Because I, the law is de- driving while. And, but you're, it would be a DUI, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. They've got an impairment because they consider an impairment for a kid under 21 any trace Precise. of alcohol or drugs. So if that was in their system and they had to do a pretrial intervention, just saying, okay, I just want to get rid of this way, would that still be something that the federal government would consider when there's an excuse for it? I mean, there could be that they were just, you know, maybe it was somebody tainted the brownies, you know, that, that's odd, but they didn't actually have possession. Would that still be, I mean, it's kind of obscure, but it happened to me. Yeah, I was going to say, really, I've never seen that mm-hmm. because, you know, the way the process works is they go from county after they've picked up a conviction, mm-hmm. they go to immigration. Mm-hmm. Then that's where I step in and see, first of all, if I can get them a bond mm-hmm. and get secure release. <coughs> and secondly, do they have any relief? Okay. So, you know, you know, if you can spend a whole bunch of money and get a bond, come out, and really other than sticking around for three or four years, mm-hmm. there's really no relief for you at the end of but the day. But then that goes to the next question, right. which I've always wanted to know, because these people come to the border, and uh, my understanding is they're, they're let in on, uh, I guess, asylum. Uh, asylum, and then they're supposed to come back for their hearing, but then they never come back. 
Right. Isn't that the same as when you get them out on bond and they're supposed to come back after several years, but they don't? Then they're just like somewhere out in the universe of ICE trying to find them. So really, it's just a matter of being caught. So couldn't they just get the bond and then just take their chances like they all do? Um, yeah. So it's not something I recommend. <laughs> yeah, of course, because, I don't either. But it's, you know, because, the reality is that I think that's what happens. Yeah. And again, you know, the people who get arrested here, like the scenario you, you're talking about, you know, they have they have skin in the game. I mean, mm-hmm. they're not the people arriving at the border saying, if I can get my foot across the border, mm-hmm. I'll disappear. And whenever they catch up with me, yeah, they'll catch up with me. Uh-huh. I would have worked for so many years and made money or whatever. Right, right. Uh-huh. But most of the people who are here, actually, they do want to fight to stay. So they're not... Once they're here, they've got a taste of the good life, I guess. Well, they're... They've established themselves. Anyone else, they just don't have that piece of paper. Right. right. Some of them don't even speak Spanish. Some of them, you know, like you said, never known. So, but the reason I brought that up is, so when they go to immigration, I have to get them a bond. And as you know, because you do the same thing, bonds are given for two reasons. Mm-hmm. One is you're not a danger to the community. Right. So when you get into your car and you are under the influence, mm-hmm. you have the potential to kill people or kill yourself or hurt people or hurt yourself. Now, it's become a big deal in immigration law because if you watch the news, all you hear about is, oh, he, the, the guy who you know slammed into a car and killed these two nuns that it, like it happened in Colorado— <laughs> They oh, did nuns get killed in Colorado? Oh my gosh, I didn't Changing know that. a tire or something. <laughs> so, you know, the story wasn't That's that even more two, surprising. Nuns were changing tires. But okay. <laughs> so, you know, the story was not that two people died, uh-huh. but it was that they were killed by someone who was here illegally. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so judges are very reluctant to give a bond to someone who has the potential to kill other people. Because then if they give a bond and then the guy goes and does it again, it's their name. But they do the all the time. Um, well, DUI and DWI bonds are very hard to get these days. Is that right? Even very though, hard. Even though they offer alcohol at restaurants and it's so easy much, to have more than two drinks. cheaper to take a taxi. I mean, yeah. my husband and I take a cab. Okay. Oh, and we have got to uh, wind up this particular segment. So we're going to be back. This is the Legal Connection Show. Um, We'll talk to y'all in just a minute. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's community radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That's Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio, broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. 
The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service has been dedicated to educating Texans for over a century. In 1915, the Extension Program was established under the federal Smith-Lever Act to deliver university knowledge and agricultural research findings directly to the people. Ever since, AgriLife Extension Programs have addressed the emerging issues of the day, serving diverse populations across the state. Texans turn to Extension for solutions in horticulture, agriculture, 4-H and youth, and family and consumer sciences. Extension agents respond not only with answers, but also with resources and services that result in significant returns on investment to boost the economy. Join us Fridays at 1 o'clock for the AgriLife Extension Hour. Welcome back to Legal Connection Show. This is Tony, and uh, uh, I'm here with Shiva, Shiva Grill. She is a licensed immigration attorney here in uh, the Montgomery County, Harris County area. And we are discussing immigration law today. And so um, what, uh, where we left off was we were going to find out about what happens when you've got a client, or I have a client, when we share a client, whoever, um, when your loved one who uh, has got now an ice hold for whatever reason um, has ended up in ice and they're calling you saying, get me out of here, what happens next? Okay, so, you know, there's a difference between ice hold and being sent to immigration. So ice hold merely means you're in county and you're not going to bond out. Mm -hmm. But actually being transferred to immigration is where we come in. Now, mm -hmm. we do come in where somebody has an ice hold because that's when we call a good criminal lawyer like no, you. No, I'm, I'm going to go back just a little bit because a lot of my clients never understand this. Okay. If you get um, arrested and you're not a citizen, sometimes you don't have what's called an ice hold. Immigration Customs and Enforcement have not, it's not on their record that you need to be held. So if you can, and I get this a lot, if you can quickly get out so there's not somebody in custody tagging you to keep you there. If you can quickly bond out um, with the bond that's set by the state, then you're out of there. You don't have an ice hold, even if you don't have papers. The problem is if you're there long enough, it gives them the time to find you in the system. And ICE, they run through some sort of a, um, there's a, a, a series of, of procedures they go through that the, you do get tagged. And, and then that ice hold hits. And if you bond out with the state's bond. So you pay this money to a bonding company. You pay your $2,500 or whatever it may be, for whatever you're charged with. Because you get innocent. I mean, people get charged all the right, time with right. stuff. Um, you're got, even if you're innocent and it's just some bad girlfriend that wants to accuse you of something, you are going to now have to, uh, with an ICE hold, you're going to bond out, but you're immediately going to be held. ICE is going to take you over to the ICE detention center, depending on which location you're at. I'm not even sure if they... Do they still have an ICE detention center over by the airport, the international airport? You know, the answer is yes, but they've, they've terminated that contract, so it's not going to be there too Okay, where longer. do they go? Do they go up to the Conroe one now? To the one in Conroe. Which I love because I'm up here in Conroe. I don't have to right. visit them all the way over there by the airport. It's actually a new outfit called the Montgomery Processing Center. Uh -huh. so it's past Joe Corley. Uh -huh. by I know, I've been there, and it is beautiful. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm like limousine. I feel like I'm driving up to some new with all the TVs in there, they treat you. I'm like, man, when you go to Joe Corley, when you used to go to the International, um, which Joe Corley was just the, the federal prison, when you went to the International, it was like this kind of dinky and old. 
this one is like refreshing. I'm, I would be not be surprised if visitors didn't have showers. I mean, this is great. But anyway, um, that's what I was going to ask yeah. you because I know that now I get to visit my my clients up real close to here uh, where you know I live up right. here in Montgomery County. Um, all right. So when they um, when they're there, uh, and I, I've completely lost my train of thought about what I was asking so, about. No, the difference between ice hold and ice. So if you get arrested, oh, that's right. They get they 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 move you up there, and now you've got to pay that bond. You're, you're right. stuck. So, you're not and, out. And and people always get confused about and that. And do not, say, so if you have an ice hole, do not pay a state bond company first because you're just going to pay lose it. The money. You're going to lose the money. And it turns into a warrant. And they don't tell you, they don't advise you when you go to them trying to get your loved one out. By the way, if you've got an ice hole, this state bond is not going to do you any good because you have another hole, the federal hole, that's way more difficult to get out of. So if you have an ice hole, hold up. Call me, call Sheba, call an immigration attorney because you have yeah. to get rid of that bond first. If you get rid of that bond, then you can pay the state bond and then you'll be free. All right. Now, right. tell us about the ICE bond. So so the ICE bond is completely different from a criminal bond. Mm-hmm. And I say that because a lot of people come to me and say, no, 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 I've already paid the bond. Well, the bond you've paid was to Montgomery County or Harris County. It's not honored by immigration. So then now you're in immigration, and then now an immigration lawyer has to go and explain to the judge why you should be granted a bond. Right. So I have to go and say, he's, you know, Your Honor, he's not a danger to the community because he was arrested for shoplifting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, significantly harder if he had 0.15 blood alcohol level, mm-hmm. and he was involved in a wreck, and he oh, was, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, or he was fallen asleep on the side of the highway or at a um, traffic light. I've seen right, that. Right. So, so assuming that, you know, your facts aren't too egregious, mm-hmm. then we can hopefully clear that hurdle. Okay. <coughs> then the second hurdle is, well, if he does bond out, you know, the judge will say, counsel, what relief is he seeking? And if he's seeking what is called speculative relief, Mm-hmm. He has no family ties. He doesn't have a wife here. He has no children born here. He's never paid taxes. He has no property. He's living with three other guys. Can't prove that he has an mm-hmm. address. You just talked. You described all my clients. <laughs> right. So it makes it really hard for me to say, well, you know, if you let him out, this is his way to fix his papers. Mm-hmm. Contrast that with someone who came here as a child, managed to get a high school diploma, has been working, has, you know, children born here, mm-hmm. maybe has siblings born very here. Very strong ties to the community. Very mm-hmm. strong ties to the and community. And does it matter to the judge that they have no place to go because they've never lived in the country of their, uh, I guess, origin? Uh, you would think the judge no. would be sympathetic because they don't even speak the language, or if they do, it's minimal. The, the judge can only give you relief that is by law. So you can't say, I broke the law by coming illegally. Even though you're only and one. And I have no, I don't speak Spanish. So, you know, so what I'm saying is that the law allows you to seek relief under certain circumstances. Okay. So, and there are many, many circumstances. And we're going to get into that in the next right. question, but I want to finish the bond. Right. Because um, when the first thing, and I want to go back just a little bit because this is so confusing. I, know, I, have, I don't even know this. They call you and they're, they're, they're calling you from ICE or their family calls you. My... Loved one is in ICE. What do I do now? So what is the very next step? Do you call, do you call the ICE facility as an immigration attorney and say, 
Um, I've got someone there. I represent them. Or do you go visit them and get representation? Or what's the next step so that you can set up the bond hearing and get with them and go forward? Okay, so I really, I don't even have to set up a bond hearing Mm -hmm. because they're automatically put on a judge's calendar at the very end. So, you know, they get the next available slot. Okay. Because in the old days, now, uh, let me back up. So if this is your first illegal entry, Mm -hmm. now we do get people who have been deported, come back, and now are back in ICE custody. Right. They won't get to see a judge. And I cannot get them a bond. Really? Not at all? End of story. End of story. That happens a lot. So they take, it's called a reinstatement. They take Uh the previous order of deportation Uh and reinstate it. Oh, and they just get deported again. You can't. They just get under no circumstances can you get them bond. What if they got married when they came back? It makes no difference. Really? Makes absolutely. So if you, like I had said before, if you have an illegal Mm reentry, you're in very big trouble. Okay. And I will just say that I get that a lot. And what they end up doing is, and I advise them just as you've advised me to tell them, um, we can't get you a bond. You're just going to have to do. You know, it's not even a voluntary deportation. You're going to be deported, so just get on the next. If you're from Mexico, you're going quick, and if you're from Honduras, you're going to wait a little bit longer because the. uh, But but what happens is they do. They almost happily and almost accept it that they're going to go, and because they've known they've 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 run through this before, and they pay a fortune to come back. They get the coyotes, and they're they're like they're like they've tried everything within their power to get back legally, and they can't once they're deported. And because um, I've tried with that too, and we'll go over that. But um, th- then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, I'm back. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, how did you get back? They will pay. It's usually, and it can, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, it's usually between seven and maybe $12,000 per person, depending on if you're a guy or a girl, you need protection because they have to pay the drug cartel. They all tell me the same thing. You cannot do it for less than that. You can try, but they, you'll get stopped. Or well, These days, the price has gone up between way, 30 Yeah. Really? Because there's, they're catching a lot more people at the border. Yeah. yeah. And, and that wall is going to kill it. I mean, they're going to be impossible. get a wall. Yeah. But um, that all being uh, said, so they go they go in and they've, they're now, they've, they're getting, let's assume that they get the hearing automatically set because they're DOC and they've never been deported before. Right. Okay. Right. So what happens next? So that's. Or, let me ask you this. If you get a, an immigration attorney, can you get that set earlier? If an attorney's involved, or is it just automatic? It's these days. It's pretty difficult because they are catching people left and right. Mm-hmm. So the judges are, you it's know, a really sanctuary busy. city. I'm just yeah. stunned. I kept hearing Harris County was a sanctuary city, and you didn't have anything to worry about. I really don't know under what definition they call it that because hmm. really there is no sanctuary. Okay. Because the 287G program, which is where they have the ICE agents at the jail, mm-hmm. that is not a sanctuary And 287G, city. is that a federal program? <coughs> it's a federal program. But it's it's something that where they're working with the county so that with they can be there? With enforcement. Okay. And, so, and they have that at Harris? Do they have it at all the, the counties in, in the Houston general area or, um, that you know of? Yeah, I would think so. I know that there was uh, this whole confusion with Austin, the sheriff of Austin, uh-huh. Sally Gonzalez or whatever right. her name. Mm-hmm. She said, we're not going to honor ICE detainers. We're not going to okay. cooperate with mm-hmm. them. So maybe they don't have the but 287 But that's when SB, SB4 got passed by Governor Abbott, which is, you know, if you refuse to cooperate with, you know, ICE, then You're not gonna get you funded. will be, well, no, you can go oh. to prison as oh. a law enforcement Oh, officer. so Austin now has that program. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So it's okay. really, there is really no such thing as sanctuary okay. in okay. the state of Texas. Because it died down. I stopped hearing about all that stuff going on in Austin, like, really quick. 
I had no idea. That's really interesting. Okay, so let's just say that we're going to look at the more lenient situation where you've got a DACA kid that got arrested because they had, you know, they were, they were drink, their buddies were drinking or they got pulled over or whatever the case may be, and now they're in ICE. Now, that's the next, the, I guess to kind of deviate just a little bit, if you've got a kid, do they go to a different ICE facility or do they go to the same one as the adult? So, in, and under immigration laws, you're a minor if you're under 18. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're under 18, they do have uh, sort of these shelter type of programs. Okay. But, you know, when, when you talk about someone who was, their buddies were drinking, I mean, mm-hmm. no, you know, no one's going to get convicted if their buddies were drinking. Right. Well, so. this is where the police are mad because they're, they're up to no good and they arrest them for whatever they can stick them with. Right. Um, and if they don't have anything else, they'll say, because I get this, uh, not all the time, but the, I'm just recalling the few that I've had, um, assault of a police officer. They'll just, that's a throwdown that if they, if they tried to resist or pull back, yeah. then they're going to get that and they get hit with and they get arrested and then it, it, everything snowballs out of control. So uh, kids, do not be out between uh, midnight and six with your buddies in a car trying to be an adult because you're, the policeman is going to be walking down there with their little stick like you see in the movies, even though they don't really have one, whatever that thing's called. And if you're not nice, they're going to arrest you and you're going to be calling us. And you may end up in one of these shelters because it's always yeah. forcing around that gets them in trouble. But that's where you would go to work and, you know, hopefully they have dash cams Which I did. Body cams in all and, these situations. Yeah. And they weren't in an ICE facility, as I recall, the ones that I did. They were, they were released because they were in high school and... The facility was different. It was just, I, I don't remember, but. Yeah, they do have these. It was like o- some O-R-R. people. The, yeah. It wasn't even a, a facility. They were released right. to somebody. But, it's, and so a lot of times I don't even have to go through a bond process for them. Mm-hmm. The only time I've seen them treating people under six, uh, under 18, you know, very cruelly is if they happen to be members of a gang or there's some suspicion or they okay. have. So that's Which are not the clients other. we ever have in, in that we share because everybody yeah. you've ever asked me to help get their cases dismissed yeah. have been like these pristine, wonderful, clean-cut, yeah. wearing the bow tie, working <laughs> at the ice cream shop, five yeah. jobs, you know, kind of making straight A's at school kind of guys. So. so, I, you know, doing what I do. But still the, not legal citizens. For the most part, I see what I call the six deadly sins. Mm-hmm. So if it's guys, it's going to be beating up your wife. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, or them asserting that you uh, did because they're mad at you for cheating, or uh, you know bar fight, mm-hmm. uh, or DWI, mm-hmm. or possession of a controlled substance. Yes, mm-hmm. if it's women, it's going to be DWI, possession mm-hmm. of a controlled substance, shoplifting. Yes. Oh my God! I wish I had a dog. Women are little left. <laughs> and the what last is up with one that? is prostitution. I am amazed. Yes. At how many girls. And you know, it almost that's almost kind of biblical because in the old days, that was the only way you could survive, and it's so easy and to, to get money doing that. I didn't realize that it was that prevalent with people that that were not legal here because they can't get jobs. Not like ones like we can just apply for without you know having your ID and stuff. I have many many clients who've been who pleaded guilty to prostitution, and because they don't have their ID, and they come over with you know paying their eight or ten thousand dollars, and then. We had a really, I think we had a case together not too long ago, um, and I think it was a client you gave me, I can't remember, it may not have been, where the girl was being held, a bunch of girls were were brought up here under the pretense, you know, for paying thousands of dollars of 
of getting jobs and being legal. They were told this from their other countries. And they got here and were basically held hostage in these houses by the guy, the coyotes that brought them up here. And um, they, I think they ultimately, through U visas, they were ultimately released because they were being made to be prostitutes. It was trafficking. It was literally yeah, trafficking. Was, he, he it had to do, but that only happened once, and I couldn't believe how it really happened. I just thought it was in the movies, but it was, it was serious, and it really did happen. We could not get the prosecutors to believe us no matter what. And we finally had to be like, we're not kidding. Look at this evidence. Look at the ha- and. Well, um, if, it ha- if that happens again, let me know because I actually uh, have worked a great deal with the FBI's Human Trafficking okay. Task Force. Good to know. Mm-hmm. And they will certify you for a trafficking visa oh, if really? you can cooperate with them in locking up the that. pimp. Yeah. We fought, we just fought forever because these people, I couldn't get the witnesses to come forward on the other people that were charged with whatever it was. I can't remember all the details of it now. I just remember it was a really, really bad thing where they kept telling me, look, this is, we are being, this human trafficking going on here. We can't even leave the house. Oh, that's what it was. The guy got arrested for at a, at a Mexican restaurant where he worked. And it was because they were all being held hostage and the women couldn't leave. They were all being sort of blackmailed and it all came out. And uh, I think we got them all off ultimately one way or the other, but it was a <coughs> difficult situation. Yeah. But okay, that's but good to know. Yeah, that's a good one. If you have the facts mm-hmm. to put some ba- bad guys away. Yeah, FBI I was determined to, to get them out. I didn't know I didn't know what to do. We got it resolved, but it would have been a lot easier if we had, could just get the prosecutors to believe us. I don't know why they weren't believing us. It was really frustrating. Okay, so um, we go down there, the kid, you've got the bond, you're, 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 they're automatically set for the Rolodex or whatever. Which is a couple of weeks these days. Okay. Not, not too long. Um, whether it be in ICE or with the families or whatever for the bond. And then what happens next? Someone calls so, you or yeah, do you find out about it because we're on the Rolodex bond and you're an appointed or how does that work? No, there's no, there is no right to an attorney because oh, right. immigration okay. is civil proceedings. Okay. They're not criminal proceedings, so there's no Sixth Amendment right to Mm -hmm. counsel. But usually, you know, the family finds me either through a criminal lawyer Mm -hmm. that says, you know, your kid's got an ice hole, or through word of mouth. I actually have uh, my 14th family member Mm -hmm. whose family came to me for the 14th one, so they never (laughs) go anywhere in the last 100 years I've been doing this, so they (laughs) just come straight to me. But then I have to go file a bond, motion for a bond. Uh Uh-huh with the immigration court, okay. outlining the reasons why this person should okay. get a bond. And the next question yeah. is, what are, and it probably kind of segues into, what are the ways that you can stay in America? Because your bond would probably relate to that. But what are yeah, the... So the bond really relates to release from custody. Okay. Okay. So what are the the best arguments to release somebody under your six deadly sins from custody that work? And what does it usually cost and and that kind of thing. Okay, so the of course the two main reasons are he or she is not a danger to the community, mm-hmm. and he or she has a pathway to legalization. Okay. So if danger to the community compares shoplifting to 0.15 alcohol blood alcohol level for mm-hmm. so that's the challenge for me. So if they're caught lifting a blouse at Macy's, mm-hmm. it's a horrible crime. You know, it's immoral. The Bible tells us not to steal. But Your Honor, she's really not a danger to the mm-hmm. community. She's learned her lesson. We had a common client that it was basically that she just had uh, mental illness, basically. Right, and, right. And she's yeah. a klepto because <coughs> when she gets tense, she has to go, you know, steal from Walmart. 
Yeah. <laughs> it so, worked. I couldn't believe it worked. But, but it on did. that subject, mental illness is not something we bring up in court. Okay. At least for the barn. Because and it is what I bring on my side. So we're right, a little right. different there. So mental illness is an independent grounds of inadmissibility because we certainly don't want crazy people in our country. Okay. So when you bring that up, then... Oh, you think they'd whole, be lenient if they, if they had mental illness. Again, you huh. don't think about immigration in terms of crime, criminal okay. law. Okay. So what is a huge sympathy factor in criminal court is actually the judge will say, why should I let this person with mental illness stay in our country? Okay. Okay. So, so, so I have to establish you're not a danger to the community. Uh-huh. And I also have to establish that if released, this person has at least a chance of staying. So okay. if they have, so one of the things is it's called cancellation of removal mm-hmm. for non-permanent residents. So cancellation is the politically correct word for deportation. So okay. cancellation or deportation. Okay. And there are four things again that I have to establish. One is I've been here for more than ten years. Okay. Of uninterrupted physical presence. Okay. I have. A U.S. citizen or legal permanent resident, parent, spouse, or children. Okay. Number three, I have good moral character. Uh-huh. And so there's a statutory bar for, for that. So even though, when, for example, if you have a drug conviction, mm-hmm. that's a statutory bar to showing good moral character. Right. Oh, I okay. can never show it. Okay. So people say, well, it was only one cigarette. It was only two grams of marijuana. It was mm-hmm, only mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a you know, gram of cocaine. Sorry, that is a statutory bar. It's okay. a statutory bar. Okay, me, good... You're telling me four reasons. and um, I only So that's two. the third reason. Oh, third. Good, okay, good character. Of not having the drugs or, or something. Not having that conviction <laughs> that shows that at one time in the life you made a mistake. So you're now condemned on the, on, from the federal purview. It's by law. By law, you okay. cannot show. So okay. that if you have a drug conviction, I can never get you a bond. Okay. Okay. And the last one is that I can show that deporting me will cause hardship to my citizen or resident parent, spouse, or child. Do you need all four of those? It's not an R, but all four? All, it, but in so for bond purposes, we don't have to show hardship. Uh-huh. Because that's a factual determination at a trial. Okay, right. But, of course, hardship is presumed uh-huh. if you have citizen family. Right. So, in other words, you know, if you have, you know. That chain uh, migration kind so, of thing or whatever. Well, not only that, but mm-hmm. if you're facing deportation and you're married to a citizen and your parent is, is a le- resident and you have three citizen-born children, uh-huh. if you're deported, they will suffer economically. Right, right, right. They will certainly suffer emotionally. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll miss you, they love you, you know, blah, blah. And, you know, last, of course, the winning argument always is medical hardship. So if your children have ADD or learning disabilities or some horrible medical condition mm-hmm. or, you know. Yes, yeah, so you're just saying you need all four of these to get a bond. but you I, need, argue- I need three to get a bond. Oh, you need three. Okay, Because the fourth one is presumed. Okay, but you're saying that the, the one that you can't, ever have is the lack of good moral character. Right. So if you have a drug conviction, you can't get them a bond? Nope. That just means they have to wait until trial, I guess? Or is there a way? Um, so so here's where the problem comes in. So, you know, in, even there is no trial because to get cancellation of deportation, mm-hmm. you must show all four things. Uh-huh. 
So you you might be able to show I've been here for 10 years. You might be able to show that you have citizen right, parents, right. foster children. Uh-huh. But you cannot show good moral character because there's a statutory bar. So the, I'm confused. You're telling me that if anybody's just got that one DWI. No, not DWI. Oh, drugs. Drugs. It has to be drugs. Okay. So yes, drugs I know. I have, are more than one crime involving moral turpitude. So they, they made the mistake of doing a deferred adjudication, you know, way back in the day um, uh, on possession of and uh, some degree of cocaine, some, one of the bad ones, right. and that of deferred, so it's not on the record. That's enough that you could never get them a bond under any circumstance. Correct. <clears throat> because for purposes of immigration law, that def- that conviction is like your skin, like you okay. can't get rid of your skin. So what do you tell the family? He's just got to go? Sorry, I can't give yeah. him a bond? Yes, but the, what is even more egregious is there are lawyers who will take their money and then go to yeah. court, and the judge will say, you know, counsel, he has a statutory bar, the good moral character. Okay. He has no yeah. relief. They do it all the time. I know that because right. my clients are saying, oh, don't worry, I was told this. Oh, and thinking I'm a bad attorney when I'm telling them things because they're being told something else, and then they find yeah. out in the hard way because they lose thousands and thousands and thousands of so, dollars. So I have people that come to me attorney. and say, mm-hmm. can you get him a bond? When they tell me everything, I say, no, he's not going to get a bond. Okay. Don't waste your money. He needs that money to start a new life in Mexico or Honduras or whatever. Okay. And then they'll say, well, so-and-so said I can get him a bond. Give me $2,000. Okay. And I say, you know what? Why don't you give me 1000 Because <laughs> you'll only lose 1000 but you still won't get a bond. But <laughs> They a probably joke. give it to you. No, 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 I don't take it. I joke about it, you know. So I I won't take money. Yeah, you can't do it. That's the same. I wouldn't either. But I cannot go to court because we have, the judges respect us. Okay, that's really interesting in the fact that I didn't know that they didn't get court appointments. That was something, because to me it seems criminal, so it must be criminal. It's not a civil there's because no right because they all say I'm a, you know I get the same rights as a citizen when you're here and it seems criminal if you're being deported because you're being incarcerated. How is that not <coughs> criminal when they're holding you without your ability to right. you know voluntarily leave? Sadly, in immigration court, one of the advisals that's given is you have the right to an attorney at your own expense. Okay. We're going to wrap up this segment because we're going to we have another uh, uh, we're going to have another program where we're going to continue this, but. Um, uh, we, Shiva Gill is with us today. We've talked about immigration law. This is the Legal Connection Show with Tony and Cheryl and our, our guest, Shiva Gill. Uh, you can uh, listen to us at IRLoneStar.com. We're at FM 104.5, FM 106.1. Visit our Facebook page. And uh, we're going to hopefully see you next week. Uh, and remember, most importantly, you serve God by serving others. And we will see you next week on t- at Tuesday from 12 to noon. I mean, from noon to one. Thank you.